Welcome to the Bear Fiction Magazine podcast. I'm Robert Harper, editor of the magazine. This week is an extremely exciting one for us as we launch our inaugural Bear Fiction Prize with awards for poetry, flash fiction and short story. I'm thrilled with our list of judges for the awards too. We've got Angela Reedman for Flash Fiction, Tanya Hirschman and Rachel Trezeis for the Short Story Award and poet Adam Horowitz will be judging our Poetry Award. Now more details about our competition judges and how to enter can be found by visiting our website bearfictionmagazine.co.uk. It seems fitting to launch the Bear Fiction Prize with a reading by one of those judges. So today we have poetry from Adam Horowitz. Adam's new book, A Thousand Laurie Lees, is a poetic memoir of his time growing up in the Slad Valley. He moved there with his parents, the poets Michael and Francis Horowitz, shortly after he was born in 1971. And it's evident that the Gloucestershire countryside has been a fantastic inspiration for much of Adam's writing. A Thousand Lorry Lees is a truly wonderful book and it's published in the UK by the History Press. This live recording was made on April 30th, 2014 at the Goodyhue Cafe Bar in Cardiff during the launch of issue two of our magazine. You'll hear five of Adam's poems in all, including a couple of the poems from his new book. This is Adam Horowitz. Laurie Lee was also born 100 years ago this year, and I grew up in Cider with Rosie country, so here are a couple of poems from that landscape. The first is a house built from cloth. I grew up in a house built from cloth, played in the ruins of cottage industry, old stones like teasel teeth chewing at my feet, Fragments of industry, their lime wash white faded to a smoker's gold. I grew up in a valley stretched over stone like cloth, rolled footballs and roller skates over sheep felted grass, built locks in the stream under the old trade road. I grew up in a landscape where hedges and dry stone walls ran through the fields like seams, where the past was a runic language, stitched, dyed, and woven into oracular hills. Time settles like ordered cloth in these valleys, catches itself red-handed as it is folded back. I grew up watching the past, pulling the weight of the future along the canal's linear thread. Small note about that poem, the phrase catches itself red-handed it may sound like a little bit of a cliché, but apparently the phrase originates from the Stroud Valleys, where they used to spread Stroud red that used to clothe the soldiers out over the hills, and thieves could be spotted by their red hands. The next poem goes back into that house, right into the, the heart of it, into the kitchen. And it's one of my earliest memories. It says, Cheese Kisses. In a bright kitchen, the colour of custard, the black cats curling out a yawn on the long pine table, spread for the beginnings of a meal. The oven is hot and creaking. My mother turns to it, dons her striped blue and grey apron. Hair hides her face as she bends to check the baking, all but her eyes, which laugh at me. A knock at the door. Come in, she calls. Bill swings in, smiling, the muck of gardens on his boots. She turns, rests against the cooker, greets him warmly. He's still away, asks Bill. A nod, 
hair bobbing and a smile. I watch in silence as the game begins, too young to call it flirting. All I know is that I've been sidelined. I watch, jealous, tease the cat. There is fire suddenly. Her apron strings have caught on the hob. My mother's backside is on fire. Bill swings her round, slaps. The fire goes out. There is silence in the kitchen, but for my laughter, asking for the trick to be worked again. Bill leaves quickly. Out of the oven come cheese kisses, which melts in my mouth only. Thank you. The next poem is again set in that landscape in the Slad Valley of Cider with Rosie. This was in the first issue of uh, Bear Fiction. It's called Roots. The last gauzed smile of winter fades from the valley. Snowdrops stoop like downtrodden ghosts along the hop's immaculate garden path. The few adventurous daffodils that shivered into hopeful bud 12 days ago, then froze, creak through the last of March like green thawing icicles, releasing a long preserved insect's breath of sun. I walk up the hill as I always did, towards your old house, lost in the high shrill calls of us as children when this valley was ours. It dreamt us into being, I think, the rough champed slope, the stream, the pockets of woodland that were our other homes, the brambling dens which felt as real as built stone in, in late spring sun. All that has changed. Though not for better or for worse, there are no judgment calls in nature. Only what is and what will be. You with your four children called to the sea, the youngest's white hair flying as yours did when we ran the steep hill down to the Roman bridge in outsized t-shirts, hand in hand, aged five and six. I, alone now in the changed valley, remembering half-blind Jake sliding down the Horton's Hill, growling agreeably, your face when you realised that you'd been sent to catch my mumps and get it done with, declaring aged seven that I'd marry you, coughing at your wedding at just the wrong moment, unable to stop and almost laughing at the memory of an innocent declaration which you'd shot down with all the severity a six-year-old can muster. New children live here now, and we are older almost than our parents were back then. Like the valley, we have grown beyond our recollections. Our lines of sight have shifted. Our paths are less steady, more defined. Yet underneath it all, the roots of bramble and of beech curl as they have always curled, intertwined, arm in arm with this valley, like old friends laughing at blown dandelion seeds, the dry stone passages of time. Thank you. I'm going to read a couple of poems from the Welsh landscape, the, uh, the North Welsh landscape, uh, of Llanis uh, Dumdwy and uh, Crickith, uh, round to Newith, where I, I went on a course and where these poems came from. First, 
It being a writing retreat is a hangover poem. It's called Dandelion Clock. Starch-tongued morning, the pub floating like brassy nirvana in the ache of memory. A dressing gown wraps the day in soil and grass. Beetles crawl from the showerhead, eager to escape the bathroom, find a blazing ball of dung to roll up into the sky. I stretch like a wind-racked tree, the marrow creaking in my bones. Outside, someone has thrown a toilet roll across the sky. Body dressed, eyes unbuttoned, paracetamol leaping in my blood like unboxed jack, I slam through the door and drift away into beds of flowers. Hellebore skulk by the wall, waiting hangdog as hunted royalty for their last cigarette. Butter-navelled primroses simper in clusters, bobbing their heads above green newspaper leaves. White stars I cannot name blaze on mossy stone. St. David's heralds stoop into April. One dandelion clock remains from yesterday, fragile and unticked. I regard it cautiously, not sure yet whose head will dissipate first. And the next poem, The Memory of Water. It was life to us, the rain, in the cold days of upheaval before the fall. It was mouse patterings on a ceiling of leaves, a sweet dishevelling, carrying the scent of change. Like the swallows it came, back and back again to the places it remembered. This dust-wheel plain was forest once, deep underneath where nuts and seeds snuggle in, their ability to grow suspended by the drought. The memory of water echoes in empty caverns that were lakes, shivers in parched fibres, patient as a spider. Sometimes the rain came down in a ritual showering, a breathy song of cloud. Or, in the boomy, slate-grey mornings, it was the rush of trains. We marked the days with it, the seasons, as it balanced on the edge of the horizon like a scavenging gull. We were never sure whether we wanted it to break on our heads like dark, ripe apples, although we loved it when it came. But the rain that clung like silk, that slithered in through clothes to the moist valleys of the flesh, that is the rain I remember. The rain that sweetened the breath of gardens, that clung to your breast like a kiss. That is the rain I will take with me to my dying. Let me show you, with my lips, exactly how it felt. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Bear Fiction Magazine podcast, recorded on July 24th, 2014. That was Adam Horowitz. Next week, it's the turn of the highly acclaimed writer Maylan Tan, who will be reading from her short story collection, Things to Make and Break, published by CB Editions. You can subscribe to this free podcast in the iTunes store via the Stitcher Radio On Demand app and on SoundCloud. You can also follow us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr and Google+, all by searching for Bear Fiction. 
Some of the writing from the Bear Fiction magazine can be found on our website, bearfictionmagazine.co.uk, where print, digital copies and subscriptions are also available to purchase. And for full details about the Bear Fiction Prize and the awards for poetry, flash fiction and short story, visit our competition pages on bearfiction.co.uk forward slash competitions. You have until October 31st, 2014 to place your entries. The music for this podcast was Sidewalk Shade by Kevin McLeod and is provided under a Creative Commons licence. I'm Robert Harper, editor of the magazine, and you have been listening to the Bear Fiction Podcast. (laughs) 